Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, uh, sitting here about uh, 30 miles south of where the astronauts were supposed to go up in space uh, this afternoon, but that mission got scrubbed, so we're going to have to wait till Saturday. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, a subject that um, that I've had a lot of calls on, and my guest here has also had, had a few calls on it as well. We're going to get my, my buddy David Bonacera in here in a minute, but... What we're going to be talking about is some of the issues that we run into with what we call engineered stone. Now, before we get into that, I first want to make sure that everyone understands what engineered stone is. Uh, it's basically what it sounds like. It's, it's not a real stone, although it does have real quartz uh, stone in it, as well as now some other materials as well. But it's held together with, with resins, so it's basically man, a man-made stone. You will also hear it called quartz surfacing. Now, I want to warn you, and I get calls all the time where someone will call me up and say and tell me, well, you know, Fred, I've got a quartz countertop. And lo and behold, what I find out is that uh, are they talking about engineered quartz or are they talking about quartz site? And I actually did a whole show on the difference between the two. But I just want to remind everybody what we're going to be talking about here today is going to be the quartz surfaces, the, the engineered material. So let me go ahead and get my uh, friend David in here. Uh, you all know David from a couple of past shows. Let me see. David, are you there? I'm there. I'm here. Hey, actually. Yes. How, how are things out there in the West Coast? If they're scorching. Yes, <laughs> and we're st- and we're still in prison. The governor won't let us out. <laughs> I and I, I so bad want to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I'm beginning to look like my 1970s photographs when back in my yeah, hip, hip, hippie days. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I can't so, do anything. Well, we we had a uh, we had a conversation the other day, and actually I had a phone call I referred someone out to you, and the, the calls I'm getting, and, and I'm sure the calls you're you're getting as well as a, a lot of the contractors out there are just having a, a a hell of a time trying to uh, trying to polish engineered materials and bringing it bringing it back to the the original factory shine. Uh, so, so let's 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 talk about that a little bit. I mean, what what type of calls are you getting? You're getting similar calls. I am, but mostly they're about fine grain material, ah. not really the textured. And there's a big difference because the manufacturers will tell you that the fine grain and the textured are both the same, they're but not. <laughs> not even close. <clears throat> and they'll tell you, but back when a long time ago, when I was many, many, many years ago, when I was trying to learn this stuff, um, Adam Thompson spent a little time with me and then explained to me a, a lot of stuff about this. And so I learned, and I did uh, some of the big shows, <clears throat> getting scratches out of the texture. Okay, and then, so it take about 45 minutes to get a good, you know, 220 nickel scratch out and bring up texture and the shine. The problem is, is because of the textured, I showed people how to do it, but I've yet to actually fix a countertop with heavy texture in it. Um, And yet, at the time, we could fix the textured, but we couldn't do really the fine grain. And then uh, Jim Jim Lang came in from Arizona, and then he had a system, which was nice, that was able to get that fine grain, and from there, really kind of just took off, and everybody's starting Mm -hmm. to do their own stuff now. Right. But... Um, 
the difference was that was very interesting is that the difference between the textured and the fine grain is the textured, the quartz pieces are much bigger. And they just sit up just a little bit above the resin. So that's why it doesn't scratch and you can cut on it and not have a problem because you're dealing with quartz, which is seven on the most scale. Right. It's pretty pretty cool stuff to work with. But a lot of people are like, no, 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 I want fine grain. I want it to look just blah, which, go figure, everything in California is black, white, and gray now. Um, but they'll get through with that. Um, but so the textured is just sitting a little bit above, and the quartz crystals are bigger. The second thing is, is that the fine grain is more ground up. So you're really now dealing not with the quartz surface and the resin just sitting a little bit underneath, but you're now dealing with just the resin. Right. And there makes the really, really, really big difference. So the challenge of dealing with engineered stone or quartz is getting the texture and getting that shine. So there's two processes of achievement to get there. And that's where the industry is still struggling with it in a sense because um, it isn't like you have granite and you have marble and everybody's, you know, the back in the 80s figured out, you know, the green marble and all that stuff. And now the quartz, uh, quartzite, excuse me. So they're pretty much all consistent as far as hardness goes. Where the problem is with quartz is aside from everybody and their mother is now making them and they're coming from all over the world <laughs> is eventually first it was it was a polyester resin, which was fine. And once you figured out the polyester resin, okay, well then you have the Chinese are coming in with the acrylics. And now there's people up in the city in San Francisco who are now doing plant-based stuff. I can't tell you if it's plant-based, how much plant-based or resin, but I don't see a plant being very hard, but they got to mix with something. And I don't know what it is, but they're not telling everybody. It's not like you can look at a chemical and say, okay, here's the SDS sheet, and let's look at the cast numbers. And with the cast numbers, you look it up, and you can find the chemicals. Right. Unless they're like, you know, under New Jersey trade secret laws or something like that. Right. So for the most part. So they're not really telling you what they're doing. And because of the prices going lower, they're making them faster and less the quality. Now, when I came up here from Los Angeles in 97, um, what happened was is that they had just textured. You had the Zodiac, you had the Caesar Stone, and that stuff was great. Never had a problem with it. Right? And then they started making fine grain, and then they started changing it. So what they had in the late 90s is not at all what they have now. The countertops are going faster, they're inferior, and people are paying money for the fine grain thinking, I'm not going to have any problems. And people are having hissy fits now because you get blemishes, and some are even staining we just did one. Well wait, well, um, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Engineer Stone doesn't stain. <laughs> well, I actually saw a guy from, I can't mention it because I've actually been told by their manufacturer to quit bad-mouthing him, but I'm not going to an, an, an international <laughs> podcast. But I've like, literally seen them. They're very popular and watch them go into a white quartz kitchen. And there was a tea stain, and the guy comes up with bleach and water, sprays it, rubs it. In about a few minutes, it comes out, and he said, see, there you go. Now just use this. And she goes, but it stained. He goes, no, it didn't stain. And she goes, yes, it stained. He says, no, this doesn't stain. And I looked at him, and I took off my baseball cap. I said, does it say country boy on my forehead? <laughs> I said, you can't. I said, it did stain. So they're flat out lying, Fred. Let me interrupt you for a minute because I have to tell you this story. And, I, and again, I won't mention a manufacturer's name, but I remember years ago when, when <laughs> one of the first. we'd love to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the first engineered materials that come out, you know, that one of their selling, they're selling, you know, uh, 
benefits were besides the bacteria thing and the radon thing and all that stuff was that uh, our stuff does not stain. It stain. They didn't use stain resistant. They actually used the word stain proof. But when you actually got the countertop, and this may give away whose it is, they would give you a little cleaning kit with it. The manufacturer would give you a cleaning kit with it. In the cleaning kit was instructions for stain removal. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought was hilarious. Uh, it, our, our material stains really, but they're not but, really. But, <laughs> they're not telling the truth. No, of course not. It's all um, marketing. The, go, going back a little bit to what you said about the radon thing, and um, because you, Tom McNow, and I did that video on crystallization. Yep. <clears throat> but it was also at the same time what the engineered stone people were doing was kind of putting out a rumor about radon in, in yep. granite countertops because they wanted to get rid of natural stone so they could take over the industry. That's right. And it is it's kind of like, you know, people will now go, oh, I'm going to sue you, you know, and it's yeah. not true. That's not true. <laughs> well, it was true because who else in the industry would want to get rid of natural stone? Right. <laughs> So, with that said, that's kind of, but that's gone now, and people are using a lot of quartz. Um, but again, you know, I think it's going to be eventually like for my people are going to get tired of it and they're going to go on to something else. Right. You know? No, nothing will ever replace stone. I mean, I always used to say, you know, that uh, if you're building your, you know, your dream home your, or you've got the money to build a really expensive home, do you want. Do you want real stone or do you want plastic? And when we're talking resins, that's what we're talking about. Even though it has real stone in it, it's still not natural. It's man-made. But they haven't really been out long enough to show the test of time. No, that's true. So so what are the problems we run into, David? I mean, you know, as, as a refinisher, you know, a repair of this material, what are, what are some of the issues? What are what? I'm sorry? What are some of the problems you run into, you know, some of the issues with these engineered materials? One of the biggest problems with the engineered materials is getting the texture. Yep. And that really is the biggest problem, is getting that texture. Um, when it comes to blemishes, that's one thing. When it comes to scratches, that's a whole other thing. Excuse me for a second. Sure. So getting the texture is really important because every manufacturer has a little bit different texture. And, again, I've seen um, guys train a whole lot of people, and they hit the resins, and then they tested on it, and they couldn't get one success all day long because they had an off day. But a lot of the material they were playing with was acrylics. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know if you're playing with an, a resin or an acrylic or a plant-based or God knows what they're coming out with these days or what they're putting into it. Um, so, you know, if they're putting lead in our children's toys, I'm right. certainly not <laughs> going to say that what the hell are they putting into our countertops. Exactly. <clears throat> that's one of the things that's most important. But they're changing, and they're always going to change, and they're not going to tell us. So the way to do that is like you do stone, which is you start with a higher grit um, and work your way back and see what works. So if you're dealing with one manufacturer, um, because there are good manufacturers, and then there are manufacturers that are very problematic, and that's where the problem comes in. So, like, I don't run into a whole lot of Cambria problems, you know, and that's so that's one thing. But right. then there are other problems I come in with. Um, one of the big things that happens quite a bit is suction cup marks. Yes. And that's because when they come off the line, they're warm. And then they do the suction cups, and then whoop, they take them off, and they have a little indentation, which it's pretty easy to get those out. But it does happen. But a lot of times you can't see that surface unless you're a lot of times when I go into a kitchen and I see it, you know, you're like 
eight to ten feet back from where you can actually see that suction cup mark because it's so right. light. And you just have to have that right light, that right light. So there are things that happen. And so when you get that back, you have to get your texture and get your shine. Um, I'm kind of picky about making sure I have the right texture and the right shine. So like, you know, any stone guy, you're going to walk around the countertop and you're going to look at it in the reflection and you're going to make sure that it doesn't draw to your eye or better. Right. So, so blending, blending becomes an issue as well. I'm sure. <clears throat> that's why they call it an art. Yep. <laughs> so that's really one of the biggest things, but there are a lot of, there are a few kits out now. There are people who are trying to make more kits, um, you know, kind of like coatings. You know, everybody's got a coating, and right. there'll be more coatings coming out, and everybody and their mother's trying to make the perfect coating. Um, but for the most part, you know, we'll see what happens. It changes year to year. You know, and I think one thing we need to let folks know, too, you know, speaking of different manufacturers, is that uh, – any time that you put a, a a diamond on top of that granite, uh, granite, I'm sorry, on top of that engineered material, you may, and this is why you got to check with the manufacturer, you may be void the warranty. You, you know, it's interesting because they say that it doesn't scratch and it doesn't stain. But when the fine grain does scratch, they'll say, we want you to fix it. And you say, yeah, but if I fix it, I void the warranty. Right. <laughs> and they said, well, I already called the manufacturer. And after talking to the guy, there is no warranty. They just want you to buy another countertop. Of course. <laughs> so, Fred, I mean, you know everybody in the industry. What is the warranty of these countertops? That's right. They talk about a warranty, but what is the warranty? I've never been able to really pin anybody down and say, what's your warranty? Most of the people say they just want you to buy another countertop which involves a lot of other trades and finishing people to be able to put, you know, fix that around the countertop once you take it out and demo it. Well, warranties are are actually one of my, my other, one of my many pet peeves, as you know. And, uh, you know, the problem with warranties is that, you know, people tend to take the, the word warranty as a general thing. Okay, my countertop is good for just about anything, but you need to read that warranty because a lot of these warranties, and, and I'm not just talking engineered materials i'm talking anything that has a warranty from your automobile right on down to you know whatever you buy at best buy or whatever and and that is there are all kinds of disclaimers in those warranties you know and and i, I don't want to get into the subject but i want to use it as an example because we have a lot limited of limited lifetime you mean yeah well, limited lifetime or, or sealers and i don't want to get into that conversation but you know you get manufacturers out there that are guaranteeing their sealers for 20 years, 30 years, there's now lifetime sealers out there. And if you read the fine print, it basically states, and I'm, I'm kind of joking, but not really, it's, our warranty is, is great as long as you never clean your countertop or, or you don't use our product to do the cleaning. So, you right, know, you and have by warranty, the way, do you have all the receipts for all the products that you bought within <laughs> yeah. those years? Exactly. Which, so like, we, uh, no, well, sorry. Yeah, it's a bunch <laughs> of BS. And But unfortunately, yep. the public takes it to heart. Well, yeah, I oh, have yeah. a 15-year yeah. warranty. I got this warranty. I got that warranty. Right. And then you say, well, did you get anything in writing? They go, no, but it says that it's good for 15 years. I'm like, like, okay, I have a bridge. You want to buy it? Exactly. <laughs> Some oceanfront property in Arizona, you know. <laughs> <laughs> After we have an earthquake, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do, do, you have so any, the, do you have any... Go ahead, David. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have any tips for any of the restoration guys that are out there? On uh, let's go back to the texture issue. Uh, any tips that you're willing to give as far as you know? How do you get that texture back? The texture is generally done by compounds. Okay, and the compounds are generally done with a foam pad. Okay, and with that compound and the foam pad, you're able to get that texture. It just depends on the coarseness or smoothness of that foam pad and the compound itself. Now, there are some granite compounds um, that actually um, 
um, are out there that if you just do it right, you can get a nice pop and you can blend it in, you know. But for the most part, the systems are generally done with a foam pad. It's just a matter of what compound works, okay? Does number two work or does number three work or does number four work? Number four is generally the real, real high shine. Number three is basically, you know, what you have um, is a good medium, but you have to play with it. It's like stone, you know? I tell people, you know, well, you work out of your house. Yeah, good. Um, Why don't you go by, you know, 36 feet at least of uh, marble and learn how to do it. These are the things that you have to do on your own time to learn your trade, to learn this material. I don't know how many times people want me to fix something, and I have never seen it before. I said, well, I'm not familiar with this. And they'll say, well, just come in and fix it. And I'll say, well, after your horror story, I would rather do a sample so that I don't come in blazing guns and look like an idiot. I would rather play with the material so I know the variables which is a smart thing to do. It kind of goes back to the stone industry when you originally wrote the MIA's design manual, um, which was one of the things was <laughs> do a sample for approval. Yep. Yep. <laughs> At well, the, the very sample, beginning, which was... Well, which, which a sample, like I mean, you, what you just said, the sample not only you know shows the customer what they're going to get, it shows, tells you what you're going to do because, you know, especially with these engineered materials, I mean, it's it's all experimental from the very get go. Right, and so many of them out some, there. I look at some material. I think I bring in some material today because he's getting sued because um, he said it was a granite and he wanted a quartzite, or he wanted a granite and he got a quartzite and it was mislabeled. So I took a <clears throat> Mohs test kit with the scratch test, and I said, "No, this is a quartzite. Why is the guy suing you? Because he wants a granite." I said, "Well, tell him." Happy birthday. He got a quartzite. So (laughs) why does this lawyer want to file on you? So it was really silly. But that just, you know, some people trying to build their house for free. Like we haven't seen that before. But really. (laughs) um, But going back to the texture, it's just compounds. And most of them come from the auto industry, actually. Yep. <clears throat> but it depends on what's in the compound. How much texture do you need? Where some people do sandpaper, some people do powders. It's really a variable. You have to play with what you like. It's like, hey, some people like these diamonds for stones. Some people prefer these diamonds for stones. Some people like these. Well, I've never heard of these. Yeah, but they work great for me. Well, that's great. Not everybody's going to love one system. It's going to work for one person and not work for another. That just that's kind of the um, the highs and lows of being human. So you know, people will find it. So you're basically, I mean, what you're basically saying is that you know you're not going to go out there and find one system that's going to work in every situation, just like that there is with stone, and it, it, you know, and you have to. Uh, you have to play with it. That's the only time we accept playing with it, right? I mean, right. Uh, it's like you, one you of the particular to. classes eons ago. <laughs> that when they're very young into my um, into my industry, that's one of the things that you taught at the classes. And that was, um, if you really want to learn your trade, don't learn it at somebody's house. Learn it on your own. Take your time. That's right. what we did in rock and roll. If you wanted to be better and be on the road, hey, you learned how to solder. You learned how to do this. You learned how to do that. You learned how to fix things. But you don't do it on the road, and you don't do it in the shop. You do it at home and get good at it. That's right. And then you move forward faster. A lot of times people say, well, I don't want to take it home. I want to get paid for it. And I said, okay, well, let me find somebody who actually wants to move a little bit faster up the chain. Right. You know, it's because it is an art. If you got the attitude, well, you know, I really don't want to learn this. I don't have time to learn it. Then get out. You don't want to be in, in, a, in, a, uh, in an industry where blending and feathering is an art. Get out. Right. Or do something else. That's right. Um, but that's what this business is. And when you're dealing with engineered stone, you're dealing with different compounds from different manufacturers. It's not like dealing with marble and a granite. It's different. And what works on one may not work on the other. 
and then you get to the point where you go, yeah, this is kind of weird. This is um, it's not a poly. So then you go, okay, well, let me try this. Well, let me cut, let me add a little bit more powder to this, or let me spend a little more time with the sandpaper. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to find your variables, and over time, as the art develops. You'll just know, you'll have that feeling and that instinct of going, you know, that didn't work. Let me go to this because you've already done it. But that's, and there's going to be a huge learning curve for people trying to learn this because once they think they got it licked, then <laughs> something else bite comes you. out and yep. kicks them, bites you in the butt. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do have, I had, I had it. I had an interesting question come in the other day, but before I before I get to that question, I want to give the phone number out if we have anybody listening and I want to call in and ask you or uh, you or I a question. Uh, the phone number is three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. Anyway, the, the question I got, I'm kind of interested to know how you answered this question. I won't tell you how I answered it, but this actually the guy you talked with asked me this question the other day. He says, he says, Fred, I'm on, I'm on one of these engineer stones. How do I tell which one it is? In other words, he wanted to know, is it a Caesar stone? Is it a Sile stone? Is it a Cambria? How, how would you, how would you tell someone you can tell? <laughs> You can't because they constantly change, and yep. they're not going to tell you, <clears throat> and they're not going to change change their SDS sheets. And even though OSHA has a law that says that you're allowed to get an SDS sheet, it may not change, but they may change the compound, and they may change it just enough to mess with you. You don't know. And- well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because I learned something a long time ago with um, with engineered materials, and, and you'll hear this this all the time. Our material contains 97% or whatever the percentage is, it's usually 96, 97% quartz and only 3 to 4% resin. Now, what the question you need to ask, or I should say what's missing in that that equation, if you will, is that by weight or is that by volume? Because there's a big difference. You know, if you go by if you go by weight is one thing. If you go by volume, it's another thing. It changes the whole percentages. And nine times out of ten, you won't see that on a on a on a data sheet. You won't see this is by volume or this is by by weight, which is which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think some of it <clears throat> is a selling point, but unfortunately, I really don't believe salespeople anymore. Really? And reason- You're kidding. They're not all honest. No. <laughs> no. That's why it's hard to find salespeople because they're all they're, they're good at BSing. Yep. But um, as far as what is what, you know, it's like a stone. People say, well, it's da la 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 la. And I'll say, what color is it and what is it? Right. <laughs> Because it will probably change in three months to be called something else. Yeah. I don't care what what it's called. Just tell me right. what you think it is and what colors are involved. And yeah. then I'll have a better idea of what we're dealing with. Right? Yeah, the one, one I, I remember one I remember all the time is when someone would call me, you know, I, I need you to come in and fix this uh, marble countertop that I have. Uh, okay, and you run out there, and lo and behold, you go out there. It's not a marble countertop. It's cultured marble. But, you know, <laughs> no, the lay person doesn't know the difference. You I know? still and, see and, that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't deal with plastic. Um, yeah. One of the things is when you go in when you, with your quote sheet is be a good investigator. That's what you taught me. Yep. And that is ask questions. Where did you get it from? Who installed it? <clears throat> because if you need a piece, you're going to want to go to that installer, or go to his boneyard and say, hey, I need a piece of this. Remember this address? They look it up. They, they know the material. They give you material. You take it back to the to your place, and you start messing with it and messing with it messing with it. And that's one of the things. And, of course, one of the questions you ask is, um, what did they tell you this was? Oh, well, they said it was, uh, you know, this type of engineered stone. And I go, okay, I'm not familiar with that. Um, okay, so do you know what country it came from? Well, no. <clears throat> so you have to do a little bit of investigating, or you should do yep. some investigating, so that you can kind of keep a record of what's happening, you know. Because, for instance, um, Cambria – 
which is really good material now. Um, I wasn't really in favor of it many, many, many years ago. Okay, but it has stood the test of time. I really don't see many problems with it. But there are other popular manufacturers that I do see a lot of problems with. Um, And that's one of them is, you know, called me up and says, hey, you know what, I'm going to write this that you're talking about us. You know, and you're bad mouthing. I said, I'm not bad mouthing your material. I'm just not bad mouthing the, inst- the installation. I said, you just talked to a fabricator that I busted, and he's pissed off at me. I said, that's yeah. all that is. <clears throat> and I, you know, I think you're on the right track there too, because I think, I think folks need to uh, understand also that this is a man-made product, and I think I said that in the very beginning. And with a man-made product, you have man-made errors that occur. You know, during the manufacturing process, during the fabrication process. I mean, all kinds of errors. I've seen bad resins. I've seen, you know, materials that haven't cured. Uh, I, I found foreign objects, wood chips. Uh, I found a bullet once in a piece of uh, silestone. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Oh, uh, it, interesting. You it, get all it, the good it, ones. It's, One of the it's things amazing. Is, because it's a man made stone, Fred, um, it's like stone. Stone. Play, stays pretty rigid, okay? Uh, everything in Europe is pretty much inch and a quarter. They cut a paper thin here to three quarters of an inch, and then they do their lamb to make it look like it's inch and a quarter. Right. Um, but for the most part, um, it's um, it's a word I'm trying to use. Um, oh, it's in doing your Go back to doing your investigation. You need to find what it is and, of course, where it came from. Right. Um, but, again, just there's so many different materials and what they're doing with it. Um, one of the things when it comes to the structure of, en- of engineered stone versus natural stone, which I was trying to get at, was that... In the more southern states where it's really warm, like Arizona, like Texas, you have to be really careful because that engineered stone can tend to warp. Yep, it does. Stone doesn't warp. It expands. It contracts. But in some areas, like in Arizona, I'm told, um, you know, they can put the pieces down and they won't marry up. They're bowed. Yep. So then you have to put it down, and then you have to grind it down. But the fact is, why don't you just put this piece of material, if it's that warm, put it in the house, leave it in the house, sitting up, of course, on its side going up, and just let it acclimate to the temperatures inside the house, kind of like they do with wood. Yep. I've had, actually guys, do, I've had guys actually heat them up and – and uh, try to correct them that way. And some of it's successful, some of it not so successful, but it's, some of it's it tricky. Pops. It's tricky. It's really tricky it to is, do. But when you get that warm, you have to remember that, you know, um, they're going to, they can warp. Whereas stones, pretty much based on your underlayment, um, how flat is your surface on the countertop? Do you take a level over it? Do you put a light behind it? Or are there any dips? Are you filling in the dips, you know, to really make it level? If you're outside, are you using the good marine gray plywood? Are you putting, you know, a membrane over the exposed wood when you're outside? There's a lot of factors to it. And the same thing goes, I mean, I would never put an engineered stone outside in the sun. No. Unless you wanted to see a really good failure picture. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't realize a lot of the a lot of the resins that are being used today, and this this can change, and it probably will be changing. Uh, are they're not UV resistant? I mean, they they will break down under uh, natural sunlight. It's a so. resin. Yeah, exactly. I always I always like to take the resins. I always like to take a piece back to the shop and torch it and see what happens. Yep. Um, like I do with uh, I do that with agglomerates um, all the time. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, you don't know. Hey, does it follow fire codes? Um, does it, a lot of them, uh, these countertops actually do self extinguish. Yep. And then, you know, is all of them fire rated? 
you don't know. But if you take a piece and you take a torch to it and it doesn't self-extinguish or it just keeps, you know, spewing black smoke, then you're kind of like, okay, maybe we shouldn't put this in the kitchen. And you're going to put this right next to a stove. Yeah, not, not to mention the gases it gives off. Some of those rhythms give off some pretty toxic gases when they heat up. Very nauseous gases, yeah. Yep. So that's a problem. Yeah. You but know, one, one of the things... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, one of the things I wanted to go back to uh, in the in the refinishing aspect of it is that, you know, the, you guys out there have to remember that these are, these are resin, you know, the resin base. So you're dealing with very soft plastic materials. If you can't think of the word resin, just think it's plastic. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times guys will go in there and get real aggressive with it with some metal bond diamonds. And in my opinion, that's a no-no. What's your thoughts there? Um, right now, sandpaper is the standard. But again, always start high and work back. Right. Because if you go too low, you may have a really bad week. Yep. Or a month. So if you don't know the material, just start higher and work your way back. It doesn't take that much time if you're getting out of scratch. And I had to look at a house that was being built today, and um, we wanted to put tough skin over it. And there was this really nice dip in it. And she goes, how did the dip happen? I said, well, there was a scratch, and they didn't go really far so that when you took out the stock, you wouldn't really notice it, but they just you know, tilted the the diamond and got the scratch up, but now you have a huge dip. So we took a level over it. We took a light behind it, and she goes, oh, now I can see it. I said, yep. yep. <laughs> so I said, what do you want to do? And I said, sorry for the bad news, but you need to know now. Because I hate it when people say, how come you didn't tell me? Well, and I, and that's I think the it, difference I, between being really good and knowing your your stuff. You, know, you can always you, play dumb and go, well, I don't know. I just yeah. want my check, lady. And well, you're not going to last doing that. What you've done in that situation there, too, which I think is important, is that uh, you protected yourself. You pointed out you know, what that issue was because if you went in there and, and did what you were going to do and then later on there's a dip there, I guess who's going to be blamed for that dip? You know, and that's one of the things that people are listening and if they may not want to spend the money for your class, um, they should. Because just what I learned many years ago in taking your class, Fred, was you bring up things that are so proactive to look at and how to look at something. Um, it really helps you grow in your industry and in the art and that's what people don't understand they're like oh god this class is really expensive i'm like yes and you were going to make 20 fold more money amount of money if you take the class because you're not going to just be a regular guy you're going to walk out a much smarter guy or girl and that's what you want you want to be average you just want to get your check and that's it or do you want to grow and actually every day be a little bit better. Absolutely. And so if people take your class, they're going to find things like this. They're going to get into things and in depths of materials and techniques and stuff and what people do that um, they'll never get anywhere else. Yeah. Or they'll sit there and they go, yeah, I had a really bad week. I had this happen to me and blah, blah, blah. You said, oh, yeah, if you had just done this, you wouldn't have had that. Oh. And yeah, it's, a, it's a lot. I, I would say it's a, it's a lot easier to learn from everybody else's mistakes than it is to make them yourself. <laughs> yeah, when I got your class, it was expensive. I just said, okay, I'm going to shut up and just write the check. <laughs> that was back so when let, I was doing checks. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about agglomerates. You had mentioned agglomerates. So let's talk a little bit about about agglomerates. Oh, God, agglomerates. Because, well, I mean, um, see, te- technically. We could, I mean, if you want to look at the word agglomerate, we could, we could, we could, we could call these engineered materials agglomerates, if you will. But that's not what we're talking about here. Um, right, agglomerates really it is a man-made material, and a lot of them are made cement-based. Um, and one of the problems with agglomerates is they just don't play well with moisture. No. And they tend to potato chip up 
Um, and some of them, you know, they're just, I have a case still now pending where it's a very, very large back and front yard. And it was a cement material. Guess what country it came from? Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. And yep. <laughs> they put in granite into it, which I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. But of the 3,000 different types of granites, what did they do? Oh, well, they picked the one with the highest iron, highest iron content. They oh, threw it in the cement, and then they made tiles, and they said, oh, yeah, this is great for outside. And <laughs> every single year, these people have new blood spots happening in yep. other stuff. And it, I'm sorry, in Atherton, that just doesn't fly. No. Nope. Seen that a million so, times. Yeah, and that's the thing. And the guy goes, oh, no, no, it's great for water. And I'm like, I'm proving my point to the manufacturer, and I'm looking at him going, you've got to be kidding me. You really think I'm going to let you get away with this? Oh, no, 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 yeah. See, her spec says that it's good outdoors. I said, well, we have it outdoors, and we're having major problems, so you want to rethink that one? There was a case I had um, while I was working under Greg Mowat, and it was at City Center, and they had these agglomerates from Vietnam, and they were just potato chipping like crazy. They were just mm-hmm. you know, curling up with a thin set and the moisture in the thin set. So he sends it to me, and he says, you know, do some playing around with, do some testing, see what you think. So... Um, inquisitive as I am, I put it outside, took a five-gallon propane tank, took a big torch, and lit it on fire. (laughs) Well, it didn't self-extinguish. It kept burning black smoke. And they said that it had marble chips and glue. (laughs) Glue. Well, what it really had was, because when you shear any material, not cut it straight, but when you shear it, so that you can see the inside of the minerals is where you'll really see what the materials are made of. And unfortunately, this one caught on fire, stayed on fire, and I took a picture of it. And then after some more tests, I made my analysis, sent it back to Greg. And the thing that was interesting is that they falsified the MSDS sheet. See it all the time. And it wasn't rated for fire, so they had to close down part of the building of city center and take it all out. Wow. Because they lied on the MSDS sheet and it was not rated for fire, so they couldn't have it in there. So that was very, very expensive. So that's why a lot of times I don't believe salespeople. I don't believe what people are telling you. Sometimes you really have to test it yourself. It's very, very important. But agglomerates in general, every tile installer I know, when you bring up the word agglomerate, they just put their hand over their head and And they shake their head. (laughs) They cringe. Because they're like, why are we even working with this stuff? This stuff is not, it's not even close to a porcelain, not even a really good quality cement that may be registered with the Cement Manufacturers Association, um, Cement Tile Manufacturers Association, any of that stuff. They're just coming out of countries and going, yes, it's an agglomerate. It looks pretty cool. And the designers take it and they go, wow, that's really nice. But yet it's, I've seen guys install it. And even when it was sitting out with moisture, it would curl up. So they just put it upside down and you know, it leveled itself out over time. But it doesn't like water. Agglomerates are just no. um, that uh, bad, bad material. I, I still don't know why they're allowing it in the country, but they are. Well, because I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one other issue with agglomerate materials. And by the way, you'll find a ton, or you used to be able to find a ton of agglomerates being sold at the uh, at the big box stores, you know, for 99 cents a square foot. And that's probably that's why you're seeing. That's probably why you're seeing a lot of it. It's it's cheap, but a lot of problems with the agglomerate, the resin-based agglomerates, is the resins don't when they when they cure, they get these little tiny pinholes in them, and once the the surface starts wearing off, the top surface starts wearing through foot traffic or whatever, these little pinholes start opening up. Like and honeycombs. Then, you, know, you know, as a, as a restoration contractor, you know, you're asked to go in there and fix that, and it's it's not an easy fix. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not an easy fix. I know, but you thought travertine was a pain. 
Yeah, really. <laughs> um, you know, and then you have to match that surface, and then you have to match that color. Right. Um, and you don't know what you get, so that's why I always ask, what are they calling it this week? Um, excuse me, the person says. I said, right. well, what are they calling this? You know, I get it all the time. Well, they say it's this, and we know it's that. And the consumer basically mm-hmm. has a better idea of their appliances and their stereo system in their house than they do their stone or countertop. Yep, they have no idea. They don't because, you know, like at the beginning when everybody bought into travertine and it was the hot thing and it was like, wow, this is like so cool. And back in the 80s, we used to say travertine, yep, just put it on a fireplace and leave it there on the wall. That's nice. Yeah, just, yep. Yep, on the floor. Uh-uh. Unless uh, you got a really nice high-end Italian Roman travertine that's unfilled with big holes, then that's very cool. But not used a lot. But yeah, you know, now everybody. They, now speaking of speaking of uh, engineered materials and our, these quartz materials, we are now. I mean, we've always seen this, but it seems to be getting bigger and bigger all the time. Is we're not only seeing these in countertops. We're also seeing these uh, engineered materials being used on floors, and I'm not just talking about the agglomerates. I'm talking about, you know, the the, the uh, quartz materials we were talking about a few minutes ago. So that presents a whole other problem. People, people have asked me. They said, "I want to put this in a shower." I said, um, <laughs> "A shower?" And they said, "Oh yeah, 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 shower." The manufacturer says it's fine. I said, "Okay, a resin, water." Real emulsify. Um, let me get back to you on that. Yeah. Because it's, it's one not, of the things about resins is they can't, they're not a good resin. That's what happened with um, with blowing rods and stuff in countertops is the resin yep. got wet, emulsified, got the metal, <clears throat> got the metal wet, and it expanded and cracked the countertop. So Absolutely. you're going to put a resin-based material in a wet area? Like, really? What planet are you from? Oh, yeah, no, right no, 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 this will work. And then there's times where, you know, they want to put it on a shower floor, you know. Um, but again, it's design, not practicality. So I always say, well, show me some other cases where it's been in for five years, and I'll take a look at it. Yep. Oh, no, 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 this is the hottest new thing. And I'm like, I'm not into hot new things. I'm into things that last. That's right. <laughs> you know, many... and, and, <laughs> and we've been doing this long enough to know that you just don't believe everybody that comes up with a wonderful idea. Like with, when the agglomerates first came out, yeah, it was, oh, these are so cool. And everybody bought into it until all of a sudden they started ripping it all out because they just had nothing but problems with it, you know. Um, well, what, so I tell you, designer, tell you what I've seen. I've, what I've seen with agglomerates, and I've seen this quite often. Where actually, I had a big, large government project where I was called in to look at a a problem with a what, what was supposed to be a marble floor, and they ended up charging, tell, telling this company or this this city that um, they were putting in marble floors. They they paid for marble, but guess what they got? They got an agglomerate. They got a 99-cent right. tile, and they paid, you know, $10 a tile. <laughs> what is coming out from China and has been for a while is a porcelain tile. Of course, it's not fired in 22 degrees Fahrenheit. It's probably around 12 or 15, so it's not really a porcelain for one. Right. But then they're putting a lamb on top of a natural stone. Yep, I've seen that. Yep. <laughs> now, can you imagine... Being the restoration guy who's got to restore that, and then at you know in the middle of the day going, what the heck is that? Yep, and you surprise, never knew porcelain because the people that moved in bought it from the other person. <clears throat> um, LA Life is just loaded with that stuff. Oh yeah. It was kind of like, oh really? Um, but they're doing it, and the person that gets bit is the restoration person. Yep. And their lives. Your problem, I always say we're at the mercy of what somebody else did. So, um, yeah. but yeah, agglomerate. I'm not a fan of agglomerates. Um, no. What are the what are the some of the materials that you see? Let's go back to um, the quartz countertops. 
Right. Do you see this Fred really going the distance for the next five or ten years? No, I think it's a fad. You know, I think it's it's a fad for sure. You know, I think when it comes to, you know, I, let, let me tell you a story about how how I won't mention the company, but years ago, when they started making quartz materials, court quartz surface materials, I was called into this very very large company. And what they wanted me to do is prevent them a seminar on everything I wanted to know about granite. Okay. So I went and I do this seminar and it was a, it was a, a day seminar. And at the end of the seminar, the head of the company, and it was a big, big company takes me in his office and he said, Fred, he goes, how do we compete against granite? That's why we brought you in. We wanted to know everything we could about granite, the good and the bad. So we could take our product and we could compete against it. And I said, do you want me to tell you a lie because you're paying me for the seminar? Or do you want me to tell you the truth? And he said, well, we want to know the truth. And I said, well, here's the truth. I said, and I'm going to go back to the story I told a minute ago. I said, if, you know, you're building your dream home, if you're, you know, building a million plus dollar home or today, five, $10 million plus home, do you want plastic or do you want the real thing in there? And you'll, you'll, you'll never be able to compete with the real thing. And I, I truly believe that today as well. You know, so I, I think to answer your question directly, that, yeah, there's, there's a market there for it because they're spending a ton of money on, on marketing, more, more than the tire stone industry is, and people are going to want it for now. But when it comes down to it, nothing's going to beat the natural material. Right. And the next question I have is, why are they making this quartz material so it looks like natural stone? Well, not only that, I'll add to that, in, in a lot of cases, it's more expensive than the natural thing. You know, I always use the, I always use the analogy, it's like, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and buy one of those kit cars, you know. I'm going to make my Volkswagen chassis look like a Ferrari, but it's going to cost me more than the actual Ferrari is. Why? <laughs> Why do that? There are people that do that. But yeah. one of the things, I guess, is um, I, I see it as a fad, too. I don't, you know, unless they make it better, <clears throat> but there is nothing like the beauty of natural stone. Sometimes right. when I walk into um, slab centers and I'll get lost in there and I'm just looking at some stuff going, wow, this is really drop dead gorgeous. This is cool yep. stuff. Where'd you get this from? You know, and then I'll look and there's only a few places. There's a place called all natural stone in San Jose, Dublin, Berkeley, and, uh, Burlingame, and they have listed on all their slabs in the front of the the bundle of slabs they have, they have an acid test and a Moscale test, so they know what it is. Nice. Um, one of the things that people don't realize with quartzites now is that they're really beautiful, but they're very, 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 very thirsty. Yep. But the other fact is, on quartz countertops, they're making sealers. Uh, Stone Pro's got a sealer, or 10X makes a good uh, quartz sealer. And the question the guy that I talked to, that you talked to, says, should, should, you know, this guy told me that I don't have to seal it, but it absorbs water. I said, well, it, go ahead and seal it. It's not going to hurt. I just sealed two kitchens last week that were a white Chinese quartz material, and it was staining. We got the stain out, and then we sealed it. And I said, here's a cleaner that has a little bit of sealer in it. Be proactive and wipe up within five minutes. They said, yes, but it's not supposed to stain. I said, you know, go to China and talk to them. But I'm just telling you here, I'm trying to teach you how to be proactive. But you do have to seal some of these materials. You know, and I think you hit the nail on the head a minute ago when you said it absorbs water. And I tell people that all the time, whether you're dealing with whatever surface, it could be concrete for that matter. But, you know, throw some water on it. If it darkens down and it soaks in, you need to seal it. If it doesn't, you may not need to seal it. You know, it's as simple as that. Kind of like people say, okay, well, I want to use water-based. And I say, well, okay, water-based has a larger molecular structure than a solvent-based. So why don't you throw some water down? If it goes right in, then use a water-based. If it sits on top, use a solvent. They exactly. go, it can't be that simple. I said, well, let me enlighten you on something. It is. And then there are countertops of natural stone that won't take sealer, but they'll stain. Right. And that's uh, some Bobby Black, actually, is like that. Yep. And it's like, you got this new stuff, really cool, and you're scratching your head going, how am I supposed to seal this? Because it stains. Now, you can take a poultice in a can and spray it, and it comes right out. But 
they're, these people are coming in from other countries selling the suppliers a bill of goods, and nobody's really field testing them before they go out. As right. far as quartz countertops go, they make a lot of promises, but you don't know what you're getting. So take a piece from the fabricator if you're not sure and try it. If you say, okay, yeah, it's Caesar stone. I've played a lot with this. Um, I know it's Caesar stone or it's Sile stone or, you know, whatever. Or yeah, this is Dow tile. Um, I know where it's made, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're basically all the same. You know where to start with and you got your mojo. Okay, but you it's always good to keep track and keep records of different things so that you can go back to. That's the smart way. Some of the guys who think they're smart won't actually go there and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. And they won't document anything. Right. And my God, Fred, we only retain 25 percent of what we learned the day before. That's why I always like to say, take a class. And it's like, OK, well, let's take the class again. I've taken a number of your classes, and I still learn, after 31 years, I still learn every time I take your class. It's the same reason why I take a geology class every single year if I can. It's because even though I know stone, I want to learn more. I always yep. learn something. And you got to keep your brain active and keep learning, or you're just going to end up being mush. That's absolutely right. Well, David, we're running out of time, so do you have any last-minute advice out there before we say goodbye? Yes. Test, 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 test your material when it comes to uh, engineered stone. And ask a lot of questions, especially where it came from and what type it is. And if you're not sure and it looks like a problem, you don't always have to raise your hand. Sometimes you may want to walk away from it if another company has gone into it and failed and they've made a bigger mess. Remember, the last person that buys that works on the countertop generally gets to buy it. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you very much for your time, as Thanks, always. Fred. A wealth of information, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you very much, Fred. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we'll be we'll be back right after these messages. All right. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESP. Sales.net. That's ESPSales.net. Alrighty, folks. Well, you heard David and uh, me talk about engineered materials, and I just wanted to put this out there that if uh, you guys have any questions at all, uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast rather than the live broadcast, just simply send me an email. And again, my email is fhuston. That's spelled F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at G mail.com uh that's what this show is all about out there to help uh, not only the consumer but also uh, the contractor out there so uh again thanks for listening uh the show is growing at a pretty rapid rate we are now over 10,000 uh actual views which is which is excellent so folks until next week thanks for listening keep setting those tiles polishing that stone fabricating those tops later my friends Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.